Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. There's a lovely story going around in the last while of a midwife from Afghanistan and her husband and three young children who are coming to Cork. Uh, either this week, they may already be here. They've escaped the Taliban um, because the midwife is a human rights activist and, or a woman, women's rights activist in particular. She's called Nuria. She's spent the last few months in hiding in Kabul after the Taliban came to her house and threatened to return and come back and kill her and her husband and their and their boys. Um, and a man in Cork offered them a chance to stay in his house. It's a remarkable story. Mary Pappen is a friend of the family. Mary, good morning. Good morning. Tell me about... Nuria and her family. Good morning. Could you tell us about your friend Nuria, please? Yeah, of course. Um, um, firstly, I'd just like to say, obviously, that this is Nuria's story. It's her family's story, but there's still, um, you know, plenty that I can share, maybe on a high level. And maybe we look forward to Nuria giving us more, more her side of the story or her accounts of the story another time. But... Um, yeah, I mean, Noria, um, she worked as a senior regional midwife um, in Afghanistan, and that involved her traveling around Afghanistan, um, including uh, into areas that were controlled by the Taliban. So um, she's, she's an impressive woman. Essentially, she was choosing to go through a very dangerous areas on a day-to-day through war zones, um, essentially, um, to provide um, help to the people that needed the help. So she in particular, was providing reproductive health care education and training to women and, you know, working um, specialised in maternity care and family planning. And, and she worked with various organisations, um, organisations that we would have heard of, um, for example, the Red Cross, USAID, um, and John Hopkins. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're okay. And... Um, yeah, um, I, it's worth noting too that since the pandemic hit, hit she was involved in um, the COVID response and she was recently trained in the use of medical ventilators. But um, I guess, yeah, it was her work um, advocating for women's rights and the um, the work that she did that made her a target of the Taliban and, you know, put her family in danger. Yeah. Now talk to me about the, the man who has offered to share his home with her and her family because it's an incredible gesture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd happily talk about Colin Brosnan. He's the, the loveliest man. Um, so just to give you a bit of background as part of um, the program, the refugee program, um, you're required to kind of show that the, the family will have a place to stay for the, the first year. So, you know, we're looking to the community for someone to essentially volunteer their, their house for a year to, to, to host mm. the family. And um, Colm 
is um, a, a friend of my partner's mum, a good friend of, and he volunteered. So Colm um, is 72 years old and um, he's widowed for the last six years and um, he um, volunteered. Um, he he he's the nicest man. I'm I'm I I've been talking to him regularly, and he talks really fondly of his um, late wife Geraldine Murphy, who was a teacher from uh, Mayfield. And by all accounts, she sounds like an incredible person, um, a really good person. And um, from what I understand, this is a, a tribute to her, the kind of goodness um, and the the good work that she did. And and he would just like to carry that on. He's so, by all accounts, he's also a very good person, yeah. you know? <laughs> sounds, sounds it, yeah. doesn't he? Mary, I, I, I don't think, you know, you can watch it on television, you can read the newspaper, you can listen to documentaries, but, but I don't think we can possibly comprehend the reality on the ground, can we, at the moment in Afghanistan? No, no. Um, yeah, it's un, it's unfathomable. Um, their, their journey and the decision to have to leave, um, well... They didn't really have a choice. There was um, um, the Taliban came to their house and um, you know searched the house and and threatened to kill them. So they um, really had no choice. They had to evacuate. So we can't understand you know what that must be like to have to leave everything behind. Um, How did they get out? Sorry. How did they get out? Um, so initially, the family went into to hiding. They went in uh, to a friend's house in Kabul, but it was still incredibly dangerous for them. So, what they had to do was um, create fake IDs, and with those fake IDs, um, they went to the the border in Pakistan where they were um, tried to cross. But actually, um, it was there that the Taliban held them overnight, and. Um, and during this night, um, in the middle of the night, they, they woke the family and they took the seven-year-old boy, which you, um, it's hard to, <laughs> to comprehend what that must have been like for the family. But um, they took the seven-year-old boy to question him, um, just to check the story, the validity of the story. And, questioned um, a seven-year-old child. A seven, yeah, I know I have a seven-year-old, I can't quite think what that must have been like. Um, but yeah, he's an, an impressive kid. Uh, somehow, <laughs> he was able to recall the story um, uh, well enough, and um, thankfully, they were allowed to cross the following day um, into Pakistan. I mean, obviously, then it's still they're not completely safe there either. So um, they did spend. A, a bit of time there and actually it's worth mentioning they did all of this not knowing that they were going to get refugee status or asylum anywhere else it was just an, an act of desperation do you know so yeah and then they yeah. managed to get to Ireland explain the program because I'm sure we, we did cover it on the program on, on, on the opinion line before but explain the, the, the program that allows them to come here how does that work um yeah, sure. So I, I'm I'm learning myself, but um, um, it's it's um, Irish yeah, refugee Irish protection. Refugee. Yeah. Ex exactly, and um, I mean that's offered them to come now um, to be you know to 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 live here as everybody else lives here yeah. um there's a there's a lot initially for them to go through. You know, it's a lot of red tape, a lot of paperwork, yeah. and that's where. Um, you know, um, 
in particular, too, we look to the community to help support and help the family adjust. Um, um, and that's definitely been happening, which has been wonderful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess um, it was just through um, the help of a certain people in particular, like, um, you know, even from the beginning when we were appealing um, for the family to get this kind of status or, um, you know, we appealed to, um, this is, sorry, my partner, partner and my partner's family as well to different TDs, MEPs and local councillors and it was um, the Green Party councillor Oliver Moran who took up the cause mm-hmm. and um, yeah so we're just really thankful for that <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and then yeah the, and then from there um, yeah and how, how did they travel here in the end? I, I, there are no direct flights obviously from that part of the world to Ireland so how did they get here in the end? Um, yeah, do you know what? I'm not entirely sure of the flight pattern, <laughs> Yeah, but they arrived in a, in, in Dublin, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so they're in Dublin. Um, when are they due in Cork, do you know, Mary? I beg your pardon? When are they due to come to Cork and settle into this lovely house they've been offered? Yeah, sure. So they actually arrived last night. Oh, so Colm, yep, and um, some family friends um, picked them up last night from... They've been staying in um, a centre for two weeks, uh, quarantining. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, they arrived in the house last night. Fantastic. Now, you set up a GoFundMe for them because, look, settling in a new country when you've had to left, leave everything you own virtually behind you is, is difficult. So you set up a GoFundMe. Yeah, that's right. I mean, as you said, it's just because they've had to leave everything behind. So, um, yeah, and um, this is the first time I've set up a GoFundMe and um, there's been a fantastic response. Um, A lot of, I think because I set up the fund, um, I'm able to see all the messages that come in. Yeah. And there's been, uh, it's it's quite heartwarming. There's a lot of beautiful messages that have come in, um, offers of support. I mean, not everybody can donate, but it's a credit to the court community. They're I have to say, exceptional people. There's just, you know, people uh, wishing the family well, prayers, um, offering, you know, uh, clothes, um, uh, offering to connect them to the community. And um, I would just like everyone to know that actually all these messages I'm sharing with the family, I intend to make sure they see them. I think it's important to let them know that they they are being this welcome. You you, you set a target of a thousand euro. Um, I checked the GoFundMe at 8 a.m. And have you any idea how much is in there? <laughs> yeah, over over five. Over five thousand euros. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just remarkable, yeah. and it's it's such a. I, I guess that would be so much relief to them that you can actually hand this money to them and say, "Welcome to Cork. Now, now settle in." Yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, it's so great. It will really, really help them. Um, So, yeah, thank you. Oh, that line has just gone again as she was thanking everybody who's donated, and in particular to the man who has donated room in his house, which is quite a remarkable uh, gentleman. His name is Colm, Colm Brosnan, and he has allowed them to move into his house with him for a year. And the people who've given up money to the GoFundMe, which now stands at 5,210. Mary, thank you. Courts 96 FM.